Hey, everybody. My name is Peter Corey. I'm here with Pastor Dave Hockley, Elsie Gray, and Brian McDonald from Yarmouth Wesleyan. And we just came back a few weeks ago from a really interesting trip to Sierra Leone in West Africa. Ultimately, the trip accomplished for us exactly what it needed to accomplish. We had a really broad cross-sectional experience of international development or, or global mission in partnership with World Hope International. But to start at the very beginning, we, you, are a Wesleyan church. You are part of our three-campus network with Yarmouth Wesleyan and South Church. And we have... Um, Partner, we are part of a global network of churches, Wesleyan churches all around the world. About 20 or 25 years ago, the Wesleyan Church globally formed an organization called World Hope International. And that organization now carries out humanitarian work on behalf of Wesleyan churches in particular in global settings. And one of those settings being Sierra Leone. So a few years ago, we partnered or committed with World Hope International that we would put in or finance the installation of 10 wells in Sierra Leone and Liberia. We have now accomplished the fundraising, and I believe they have now physically been installed, eight wells, and we're halfway to number nine. Yeah, exactly. And, and you all have been very much a part of that. So thank you very much for joining with our network to make that happen so successfully. But as we draw close to finishing that 10th well, we're wondering, what next? Where do we go from here? Do we just carry on with more wells, or is there something more interesting that would fit into our culture or our context better as a network of churches on the south shore of Nova Scotia? So we decided to send a delegation to Sierra Leone to see what, what else World Hope is doing besides wells, with the intention of seeing where we go from here. So what did we see? We got to move around for about eight days with World Hope delegates as well as um, national field workers and directors of projects in Sierra Leone. And we of course saw wells. We saw a couple of wells that we have actually financed that, that specifically came from the funds that our network has raised. But in addition to that, we got to visit a, a rural hospital which is servicing a fairly large region uh, a West, specifically a Wesleyan hospital. We got to visit a community that is receiving holistic sponsorship from one of our sister churches here in the region. We got to visit with field workers and travel with them to the slums for a few hours one day to see how they are equipping 1,100 children with disabilities physically and mentally to integrate them into society better because they often face stigma from family and from community because of the disabilities that they are inflicted with. We also got to, um, uh, we also got to uh, visit with field workers and a mobile, of a mobile cervical cancer treatment, sorry, screening and treatment um, service that the World Hope, uh, World Hope has implemented in Sierra Leone. You're gonna hear a bit more about that from Elsie. And then we had a number of other things that we also got to visit, but we don't have time to touch on all of those. If you want to get more information, tackle one of us, and there might be another opportunity later on through the week as well to hear some more. But one of the other interesting things that we got to experience was unplanned glimpses into life in Sierra Leone, like the fishing that you saw. That wasn't planned, and we got to see how, what life is like for Sierra Leoneans. And one of the key takeaways that we took from that experience is that many, many, many people in Sierra Leone 
are just eking out a daily existence. Whether they are selling on the street or they're trying to fish in a brook, they're just trying to make it through the day with whatever they can find to eat or sell in order to buy something to eat for that day. We saw a number of examples like this. And not that Sierra Leone is alone in this, but Sierra Leone is by many metrics in the bottom 10 countries of the world as far as poverty. So that was one of the key takeaways. Another key takeaway from our trip is that the Sierra Leoneans actually have within their means to raise their, their level of well-being with the things that they have around them. International development or global mission isn't just about us sending container loads of mosquito nets or sending hundreds of doctors with suitcases full of vaccines in order to, in order to distribute services that we think are necessary in our context. They have within their reach, physically and economically, things that they can implement on their own to raise their, their standard of living. And with that in mind, World Hope has actually incorporated into almost all of their projects an element of teaching and motivating people to make the connection between those things that they have around them and the ways that they can raise their own well-being on their own without waiting for container loads of mosquito nets, for example. So that was something that really instilled in us a confidence in what World Hope is doing in that country specifically. And so out of that, we feel, and out of the things that we experienced with the projects that we visited and so on, we feel that World Hope is actually doing a lot to shift culture in Sierra Leone. They're, doing, they're sending social workers and field workers to make personal connections with people in the field, in the rural villages, to help shift their mindset and help them connect the dots between, if I do that, it will raise my standard of living and well-being and survivability by potentially an order of magnitude. But there are examples where that simply isn't enough to raise the level of well-being to a point that's sustainable. That is actually where wells come in. And so we saw a number of examples where um, the normal source of, of water for people is dug wells, which we're very familiar with around here. But many of the dug wells were not well protected. There were animals jumping or falling into the well and then dying and contaminating the well, and they were still using the water, for example. We actually saw that. The, the woman you saw pulling the water out of the well was a, what we would consider a contaminated well. But they were still using it. They hadn't made the connection between being able to protect that well better and bring it to a certain level of standard. But to get it to the next level of a proper borehole hole well, which is what World Hope does, that requires basically our intervention in partnership with World Hope to make that happen on their behalf. And so we still feel that wells are an extremely important intervention that we can contribute to in Sierra Leone, Liberia, or wherever else World Hope is doing this. But one of the main questions that comes up when we talk about wells is they cost about $14,000 Canadian. And we think, man, $14,000 in a country where we were figuring that a dollar would go farther than that. But to put it in context, here at home sometimes a well costs eight to $10,000 for a family of, say, on average five. Whereas in Sierra Leone, the chief in the video where the, the, the woman was singing to us, the people were singing for us, the chief who was sitting there um, observing 
he told us that the well that has recently put in, been put in is being um, accessed by, he thinks, 650 people. So in, on $14,000, that's somewhere in the range of $20 per person for access to clean drinking water for an indefinite period of time. And they don't just go in and drill a well, pop a pump on top, show them how to crank on it, make sure the water's running, and then good luck. They don't call it the wells project. They actually call it WASH, which means water and sanitation and hygiene. They have teams of field workers and social workers who go out and educate communities on how to properly manage the well and properly protect the water and protect access, particularly during the dry season, so that the water will last as long as possible. And they also work with local firms who can go around and maintain the pumps to make sure that they're working properly. So in, just like other projects that we witnessed, they have a teaching element that takes it from just a measure of intervention and bringing something physical to the people to also making a connection with how can you actually use this sustainably to raise your standard of living. So that was for sure something that we found to be continuing to be compelling for us is the Wells Project. Elsie is going to share about something else. Thank you, Peter. I'm Elsie Gray, and I'm happy to be here tonight to share some of the experiences that we had while we were in Africa. As Peter said, we saw a lot of things that were planned, and we saw uh, some really cool, interesting things that were under the bridge, so to speak, unexpected. In Africa, we experienced a lot of differences, differences in climate, crazy traffic, uh, lots of colorful things, but also lots of um, lacking of resources. Driving from one place to another, from the city to all the rural villages, day after day, it was impressed upon me about how beautiful and strong the African woman is. There were some times that we would notice people sitting underneath the shade of a mango tree, aimless and with nothing to do. And in our culture, we're like, there's so many things for, for you guys to do, like get up and get moving. But one thing we noticed was the women didn't have the option to sit and be complacent. The woman was carrying children, carrying water, carrying produce on their heads, they didn't have time to sit and wonder what the sense of it was. Uh, when we were in a meeting with World Hope one day, the director said to us, you need to realize that the people here, they know more than what they do. And it was like, what? And he said, listen again. The people here know more than they do. And Peter referenced that quite a bit. Um, the women are as vital to their community as the resources that they carry on their head. Yet, the women do not have access to medical attention. We learned that cervical cancer is the leading cause of death in women between the age of 18 and 49. World Hope told us about a brand new program that they're starting, and it is the cervical cancer screening and treatment. They have to do both together because the women oftentimes won't go for medical attention because they've never needed to 
because they're not sick, pre-screening is just kind of a foreign concept to them. So if somebody comes for screening, they want to screen, diagnose, and do the treatment all at once. We met the doctor who developed the program, simplified the process, like crazy simplified the process, but it's a, success, a successful process. They invited us to go into the field with them to see the mobile clinic out into a rural area. So we drove hour and a half, two hours to go to a village far into the rural areas. When we got there, the field workers weren't quite sure what to do with us. They had 70 to 80 women waiting to be screened for cervical cancer, and yet they were going to entertain us and show us around. So they asked us what we wanted from it, from our visit there, and we tried to tell them we, just, we were interested to see what kind of an impact they make to their community and to the rural areas of Sierra Leone. They, the workers looked at me and Pastor Dave and Brian and Peter, and they said, you guys, you can't come into this women's clinic. There's a huge trust issue there. You will not be welcome. It's not right. And then they pointed to me and said, you follow me. So off I went. I followed her in through the waiting area where there was about 80 women sitting on benches waiting to go get screened. Then she brought me right into an examining room and me with big wide eyes. I'm looking at the conditions in which they're working and, and doing medical procedures. The, the examining bed was so poor. The, the ceiling tiles were falling. We were told later that there's probably an infestation of bats in the ceiling. They brought me right into this room where a woman was laying there, vulnerable as most of us all know, to be screened for cervical cancer. They brought me in, they told me about all the procedures and how simple it was and, and the lack of resources that they have to do it, but they were making do. Then they delivered the news to the woman. They detected cancer in this woman, and there in front of me, she was given the news that she has cancer and it's not treatable. The woman asked, uh, sorry, they, they said to the woman, you should go to the doctor and he can provide care for you. And the woman very practically said, can he give me a treatment? Can he fix it? They said, no, but he might be able to help you feel better. So, but can he fix it? No. Then I, there's no sense for me to go. So that was a, a bit overwhelming for me. And when we left that room, they gave me the honor to address all the other ladies that were sitting there waiting uh, that was very difficult, um, but I did feel the honor to, to thank the women for coming and trusting the progress of their health care. The cervical cancer program is relatively new. It's a three-year project, not really a program, a three-year project. Uh, they've already done 3,000. They're hoping to do 20,000 women in three years. They've done 3,000. They diagnosed 160 they treated 160, and the success rate is 95%. So yeah, that's really cool uh, that they're able to do that with the minimum, bare minimum of supplies that they have to do that. Um, so I just wanted to tell you guys about the progress that's being made. The projects that World Hope is putting their hands into is really instilling hope into the people. And I ask for you guys to pray 
over some of the things, the projects that Peter had talked about, about this project, and pray that God will give us direction on which way that we can help these people going forward. Thank you so much. So as we've said, the main point of this whole venture was to see where we go from here. We can pretty confidently say that wells are going to be part of our future commitment with World Hope. Beyond the 10, whenever we finish that, hopefully in the next year or so, we're going we're gonna to reach our, our goal and then continue on installing more wells. Whether our future involves a cervical cancer clinic or something else, we're going through a due process of deciding and discerning. But one thing that's made our, our team great is we've been discerning so well together and gelling and coming to consensus really quickly. So we think we, we feel confident about the recommendation that we can make to our network of churches on where we go from here. But thank you for supporting us in this. You have been a part of it. Thank you so much for that. And Dave has more to share with you. Well, having grown up in the valley, lived in Nova Scotia my whole life, including the last 12 years in this region, I used to think like Baccarat was far away or something like that. Sierra Leone, that's a whole different kind of far away. And as has been said, thank you everyone for helping get us over there to Sierra Leone and get us back. And as hopefully has been impressed upon you, the thing that I take away the most from this trip, aside from the impact of the wells, is just how impressive World Hope as an organization really is. As far as I'm concerned, everything they touch turns to gold. I mean, I think the team would echo a lot of that sentiment. Every single meeting we had with them, they just have their stuff lined up, and they are doing so well. But it's not just dictated from Canada and the United States. It's their nationals on the ground over there who do so well. And as Peter said, they are shifting culture in Sierra Leone. But I must say, as incredible as the trip was, it actually fits in really well to who we are as a network of our three churches, Coastal, South Church, and Yarmouth Wesleyan Church. You, maybe you've heard this vision. Maybe this will be the first time you've heard of the vision that we have in our network, or maybe this is the hundredth time. But our vision as three churches is taking Jesus into every community of Southwest Nova. And you probably don't have to think about it too long to realize that this is more than just Sunday services every week. It's a whole lot more than that. We've got a long history in our churches going back of so many different kinds of ministries that have served people with the love of Jesus in practical ways. It's not just shouting it, it's actually living it out. Though with that vision, as great as it is, and I'm all in on it, there could actually be one potential disconnect. Because when you say taking Jesus into every community of Southwest Nova, that's a regional thing. That's a right here thing. That doesn't necessarily speak to global impact, which is why church is so glad that the words just before, uh, you saw the words, because you gave, because you gave generously, that impact goes on beyond the tri-counties, goes on beyond this region, beyond our neck of the woods. So we got to see the four of us boots on the ground in Sierra Leone that because you gave generously, World Hope has been able to take the love of Jesus into more communities of Sierra Leone. You see how it's different, but it's the same thing? Because you give generously, more happens. And we were really thrilled to be able to be part of that. And so there's a section in, in 1 John chapter 3 that for me ties all of this together, verses 16 through 18, where John says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives, but brothers and sisters. 
If anyone in the love material possessions and sees a brother or need but has no pity on them, with words and the love of God be in that actions, but with actions and in truth. And I believe so much of our collective vision finds its rooting in verses just like these ones. The idea, as I've said, is not just putting together Sunday services. Those are great. Coastal, hello, you guys have rocking services. We've enjoyed the two of them tonight. They've been awesome to be part of. But Jesus displayed his love in so many other ways, especially through serving and never more ultimately than when he laid down his life for you and I on the cross. And so he had a mission. It was clear. He lived it to the full but he calls you and I to follow him on that mission. Now, that's going to look different in different places. In Sierra Leone, for World Hope, their, their mission is going to look one way. They've done a great job making sure that people have clean water. This certain right now, cancer project that Elsie shared about with us, mentioned who have an outstanding organization that they have full lot right now. They support families the love of Jesus and who have disabled children of Sierra Leone need to be shown that love. It makes sense in their context what they are doing. But that doesn't mean that you and I should sit here on any given Sunday evening and think, well, wow, that's really good for world hope. I wish we could do something similar. I wish we could have that kind of impact. We can. It's just going to be a little different, even if not entirely different at the same time. Every single person in this room, myself included, you might have coworkers, people you go to school with, or neighbors at the very least who no one pays attention to them. Perhaps no one cares about them at all. Their lives don't seem to matter to anyone else besides their lives. Your ability to know them, that tells them, that tells that person that I see you and you matter. And that's the kind of stuff that Jesus did. That's one of the simple kinds of ways that he made an impact on other people around him. This is a very tight-knit community. Last I checked, I don't think that's changed any time recently. And so if you don't know someone who's grieving right now, within the next six months, I guarantee that you will. And when people are grieving, they need to have people come around them. Maybe that's the ability to make a phone call, to check in on someone. Even if you don't think you know how to offer any comforting words, the ability to have a listening ear makes a huge difference. To drop off a meal, to show them that you care, again, taking time to notice someone and to go out of your way for them, that's the sort of thing that Jesus would do. But beyond that, how precious is our time? Don't we love to say that we're busy? Have you said the word busy probably within the last 48 hours? I'm pretty sure you have. It's, our, it's our, one of our catchphrases in this day and age. We love to say how busy we are. You wanna show someone that Jesus loves them? Give of your time. Doesn't have to be fancy, doesn't have to be flashy. It can be as simple as paying attention to someone. These examples are not so out of reach and you might be thinking like, man, this is all kind of new to me. I'm kind of shy as far as working out my salvation and how I share Jesus with people. Perfect, I've got an easy on-ramp for you. At the, at the end of September, the second Love Atlantic is coming around the horn again awfully fast, and there are so many opportunities through something like Love Atlantic to work together with the people in your church to serve in the community, simple, safe, easy ways that you can realize, oh, I do have something to contribute to the mission that Jesus calls me to just by showing up. Not complicated stuff, but man, does it make a difference. John 3.18, as I read, is living on mission, loving with our actions and in truth. And these are simple ways that you and I can do the same. Peter mentioned 
as Peter mentioned, that world hope is shifting culture. They have put in over 900 wells in Sierra Leone. That's crazy. That's thousands and thousands of people who have had their standard of living raised by the presence of clean water. But as it also has been mentioned, there have been so many programs that they run where every single one of them has the component of education, simple conversations with Sierra Leoneans telling them, hey, your life is here right now. If you do these two or three simple things that are accessible to you, your quality goes from here to here. That's making an impact. That's making life better for the people who will come behind them because the standards have been raised. That's one of the simple things that World Hope does to shift culture. But we can shift culture here in our neck of the woods too. Again, you think about Southwest Nova. Think about, I don't know, I'm gonna guess a couple of thousand followers of Jesus just in this region alone. It might, it might be many more than that, I'm not sure. But imagine if every single one, as the Holy Spirit leads, we have our eyes open to see the people who Jesus wants us to see, to approach them, to offer just what we have, whether that's a cup of coffee, whether that's a five-minute conversation, a smile, an acknowledgement, a comforting word, I don't know what it is. We often don't know what it is until the moment hits. But if you have a couple of thousand people in this region doing that, showing the love of Jesus in practical ways, you take all of a sudden a region right now where so many people, most, either have no idea that Jesus loves them or just don't care. But as they experience it, as it is shared with them, as it is offered to them in practical, real-life ways that matter to them, they go from not caring to getting it in so many different ways. That shifts culture. And so you and I, whether we're here, you don't have to go to Sierra Leone. You can if you want to. <laughs> but man, impact on mission isn't just about other countries. It's about right here. I used to think that I was a lesser than because I wasn't a missionary. Forget that. We're all missionaries right here where we're planted, folks. People need to know that Jesus loves them. And I'm so thankful for the existence of Coastal because my goodness, there's so many other people now, many of you in this room, who four years ago, you had no idea that Jesus loved you. Is there anyone who at four years ago had no clue that Jesus loves you? More than a few in this room, yeah. And many more to come. The mission isn't just global, it's local. And by the leading of the Holy Spirit, you and I get to be part of what Jesus is doing. And that's exciting. We wish we could have shared so many more stories with you, so we'll do so tomorrow night instead. The four of us, we're gonna hop on Facebook Live through the Yarmouth Wesleyan Church account at seven o'clock. We're just gonna have a bit of a talk show, share some more stories, hopefully have a few laughs along the way, and kind of peel back the curtain a little bit more about what all went on in Sierra Leone. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for helping send us. And let's be part of the mission, not just globally, but locally as well. Thank you.